All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. And it was uh, nice to see the Lunar New Year parade in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Once again this year, they had a, a big turnout in Chinatown, and it looked like everybody had a lot of fun. And it's sort of nice to sort of see these events coming back, especially in a part of the city that's uh, gone through some pretty tough times here. Yeah, it was very good to see. Chinatown has really taken it on the chin last uh, few years, all sorts of vandalism and violence. Um, it looks like the city government and BC government are starting to get their act together in terms of fixing some of the problems there. But it's a big test. David Eby was there yesterday, Premier David Eby, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim. Yeah. Uh, great to see everybody together. Eby did uh, talk about uh, addressing the problems there. He's, of course, just right nearby is the downtown is uh, Hastings Street, which has that ongoing encampment there. He's promised to get rid of that. Still hasn't explained exactly how he's going to do that. Okay, well, let's listen to what he had to say yesterday. So here's Premier David Eby at the Lunar New Year celebrations in Chinatown yesterday. Have a listen. Happy New Year. I am uh, uh, working closely with the leaders in Chinatown, with uh, leaders and community members in the downtown east side. Uh, and, uh, and my hope is that this parade today is the beginning of uh, spring uh, for the downtown east side and for Chinatown. Yeah, so I thought he showed some pretty good language skills there. there. And he also said, as he termed it, he goes, he hopes this is spring for Chinatown and the downtown east side. So it's kind of another way where he's put down this marker where he's Mm -hmm. sort of of taken ownership of this issue, uh, especially about cleaning up the downtown east side. But, you know, the city... The city's putting two million bucks up for a cleanup of Chinatown. It's going, to, it's going to be interesting to watch the development or evolution of the relationship between Vancouver City Hall under this new mayor and new council, yeah. and this NDP government. I actually think it's going to be a better relationship. I think you're going to see a more working relationship than it was under the other administration. I talked about this before. I detected a lot of frustration amongst NDP cabinet ministers through the pandemic with the former administration at Vancouver City Hall. And right even now, though Kennedy Stewart was a former NDP MP. Well, one thing I've noticed over the come to realize over the years, there's a big difference between a federal NDP MP and an NDP provincial MLA because yeah. one has no chance of gaining power. The other one is in power and has to make the compromises that come with being in power. Yeah. Uh, so, no, there wasn't really a, a warm relationship ever between Kennedy Stewart and this NDP uh, government. I Already it's looking like a better relationship between Ken Sim and this government. This is a very t- uh, tough challenge that he has set for himself here. Yep. The city and the province here with these problems in the downtown east side. I mean, the the tent city has been reduced a bit in size, but there's still a lot of tents down there. Even though there's been a fire order, fire department order there is a fire hazard to take the tent city down it's been yeah, there for it, months. It's an ongoing crime scene because of all the stolen goods that yeah. trade back and forth in that area. So Vancouver police don't like it. David Eby doesn't like it, but no one's explained how to deal with it yet. Okay, you mentioned uh, Justin Trudeau was in town yesterday. Pierre Polyev, the conservative leader, in town today. So the leader of the opposition. A rare news conference. He's doing more of them now. He's doing a few more, but 1 o'clock today. He's going to be yeah. with the media. It'll be interesting what issues, what buttons he presses. He's, he's got this, you and I were talking about this video he posted on Twitter, which he wanders around an airport and blames everything on Justin Trudeau. Well, let's, so, have a, let's have a listen to that. So this is Pierre Polyev, and this is a video he posted on social media on the weekend. And it's kind of like... Um, like a walking selfie he does of mm-hmm. filming himself talking into into the camera and he shows a, a big lineup to get on a flight and he com- and he says his flight was delayed and he really goes after Trudeau here let's have a listen 
You want people to be afraid so that they forget that this is the chaos. This is the chaos we have at our airports. By the way, Justin, I'm able to record this message right now because my flight is late. Of course it's late. Flights are always late since you became prime minister. The federal government is responsible for air transportation. But yes, that's you, my friend. So it really goes after Trudeau Flights in a were never personal late before? way. <laughs> Flights were never late well, before? Well, let, let's, let's be honest. The airports have been, well, have been, been bad. For sure. uh, this is poorly. Part of his, um, his whole strategy is blame everything in the world on Justin Trudeau and try to really make this a personal attack and really sort of destroy the Trudeau brand as much as possible. I'm not sure how that plays with the proverbial soccer mom voter, which all politicians covet because that's the key to victory. This may, be, this may play well with the, the Trudeau haters, but that's a small minority in Canada. So, again, he's got to bust out of this thing and, and start appealing to the suburban voter in well, Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. Well, don't both sides do this? I mean, Trudeau goes after Polyev, too, and mocks him for his Bitcoin stand. He, he recently, not, not as much as Polyev goes after Trudeau. Yeah. I, I think Trudeau realizes he's the prime minister. You don't want to get down in the same level with your opponents. You got to be very careful about that. So he does it from time to time. Didn't do it yesterday. He's had, he's had a chance to do it. He did it last week in a in one event, but generally tries to. I think the best approach for Trudeau. Don't even mention Polyev's name. You know, don't even acknowledge your your opponent. Yeah. And that's that's been a, an effective strategy used by other political leaders in the past. You didn't hear Trudeau talk a lot about Aaron O'Toole or mm-hmm. Andrew Scheer. And I think maybe this is part of Polyev's strategy: draw Trudeau into the fight, draw yeah. him into the fire, get yeah. into the get into the trenches with me. Really sticking it personally to Trudeau, I, I guess, can be an effective strategy for people who are, if they already if they Trudeau. if they don't like Trudeau, if they despise Trudeau, and a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of people don't like Trudeau, but I'm not sure. Like he's he's isn't he sort of preaching to the choir there when he does that? I well, mean, he's already got those people on his side. Doesn't he need to? Well, widen his appeal? He does have to widen his appeal, but I do note a number of recent polls. Trudeau's numbers are tanking, personal numbers. I mean, so yeah. something's having yeah. an effect here. It's either his policies or Polyev's attacks or both. Yeah, I mean, where do we stand? I mean, the party standings, Trudeau, I mean, Trudeau's personal numbers are down. The Liberal Party numbers are down. Not five, five but to six close, points behind. But it's close, though. And again, it depends where those numbers are. It's, yeah. it's always take... Um, I'm very skeptical when pollsters try to project seats because they're good at, not as good as these two, they're good at public opinion. Getting into seat projections, that's not their area of expertise. Okay, get set to call me on that now because I I find it really fascinating how this is unfolding here now, the Trudeau versus Polyev battle. This is going to be one of the battles of our lives here, I think, as we go forward. All right, we're talking a little bit off air about the this drama around the Vancouver Canucks here the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. They fire... Bruce Boudreau, the coach, over a period of days. Yesterday, well, he's officially fired yesterday, but we knew this guy was going to be fired weeks ago. This is like a slow motion firing. While the Canucks are being justifiably pilloried in the international and national press about this, veteran journalists saying they've never seen a worse handled situation than this. And it reminded me the guy we really miss right now is former legendary CKNW sports broadcaster Neil McRae. Oh, just yeah. imagine McRae going off on this. He would just be going crazy on the Canucks, uh, on Canucks um, management. Jim Rutherford, the GM, would be taking a, a few shots here from Neil McRae's sharp tongue. Well, let's listen. have a listen to Jim Rutherford here, the president of the Canucks here and the firing of Boudreau. Have a listen. Unfortunately, it's uh, turned out the way it did. Nobody takes great pride in this. 
I've known Bruce for a long time. He's been a friend, and I feel very bad about it. And I will apologize to Bruce for this. Okay, so he's apologizing to Bruce Boudreaux because, you know, then he went on to say, though, that there was a lot of speculation out there about this, and this was the problem. Like, we couldn't control this narrative once the speculation began. But this was a, he sort of he started, started the he speculation. Started, he started the speculation, yeah. So yeah. When, if he starts going shopping for a, a new coach, that's yeah. going to get out. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of hockey beat reporters in in this country. He said and he the almost States said quite open, quite openly that they were well, looking around. Last week, he he said Bruce Boudreaux's our coach for now. Like, yeah. when has a GM ever talked like that before? Yeah. So, you know, now we've got it. We got a new coach coming in, Rick Talkett here. I was just taking a look at the standings for the Canucks. They're like eight, two and eight in their last ten games. You know, they're they're having a forgot a forgettable season, obviously, but. So will they tank totally to try to get the the next one, the kid, Connor Bedard? Well, this is the thing, because right now their chance of landing him, if you take a look at this website, tankathon.com, 7.5%. That is the chance that the Canucks have right now to get the first overall draft pick and pick this young kid from North Vancouver, right? That would be awesome. And that percentage will probably go up. Well, if they keep losing, it will. And will they keep losing? It's interesting on social media, a lot of fans suddenly, you know, cutting ties with the Canucks, hoping they're going to lose because of the way they treat Well, sure, go in the tank, mm-hmm. and uh, you improve your chances to get to get the kid here from North Van. That would be, that would be fantastic. Given the Canucks' history of dra- drafting, they've never really no. hit the marker here, other than the Sedins. They've, they've never, uh, trying to get, the, even their, their very first draft, when they came in with Buffalo, yeah. they thought they had the first pick. It was actually spinning this wheel, and the and the uh, indicators sl- suddenly moved at the last second, and they went from first, which would have been Gilbert Perrault, oh, to Dale yeah. Talon. Oh, right. So th- it was sort of <laughs> cursed from the beginning. Just before we go to your calls, our giveaway today, I've got a pair of tickets today to see Jay Shetty's Love Rules World Tour, March 6th at the Orpheum Theater. He is the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Think Like a Monk. And it offers a revelate and is the author of the number one New York, he of a revelatory guide to every stage of romance. Drawing on Ancient Wisdom and New Science. His brand new book is Eight Rules of Love. How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. Keith, I know you're going to this show, aren't you? He should should send a copy to Canucks Management. (laughs) Okay. He's coming to the Orpheum Theater on March 6th, and I've got a pair of tickets to give away today. Here's the way we're going to do this. Phone the buzz line today and tell us your worst first date story okay your worst first date phone the buzz line if you want the tickets to the jay shetty show and we'll pick a winner later today so the buzz line number of course is 604-331-BUZZ all right 604-331-2899 let's go to your phone calls gary in east van hey gary hi guys first of all i'd like to say with the vancouver connects absolutely no class no class at all Second point is uh, I don't understand how anybody in this country who has any kind of a, an IQ higher than his waistband size can be proud of a prime minister who's not only a liar, 
but has been convicted of unethical practices and is just a sleaze from the word go. The only thing that you can say good about Trudeau is that he's a hell of a lot better liar than his mother ever was. And Keith, it was always Wasserman's beat mate. Get another uh, moniker there, please. Okay, thank you. Wasserman's beat? I know uh, Jack Wasserman. What, what, what? I think he's saying that maybe we call it Baldry's beat. Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't call it that. Well, that's a, he's of a certain generation <laughs> okay. that uh, that's, that's the first time I've heard that complaint. That's anyway. 50 year year. So true. So this, so this guy doesn't like Trudeau. I like I get it. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. There's a lot of people don't like Trudeau. And you know what? And Polyev could beat him. Polyev yeah, could sure. beat him. This is going to be sure. a close election. Trudeau's more vulnerable now than he was in the last election. Yeah. yeah. But again, Polyev's challenge is how do you form a majority government? If, if Trudeau gets fewer seats um, and can partner with the NDP who will never partner with Poliev, and conceivably yeah. the bloc, they can still form a government. Right. And the thing is, Poliev, in my opinion, needs to broaden the appeal, needs to widen the appeal, okay? You need to, like Brian Mulroney told him, you need to fish where the fishes fish are, the okay? Fish so are. you need to move to the, you got to sort of appeal to people Broader in the middle. Field, particularly women voters. Well, that's the thing, because if you take a look at some of these polls, you know, there's some indication he's got weak, weak uh, appeal to women voters. Yep. This is not good for the conservatives. No, nope, the proverbial soccer mom can determine elections. Rick and Delta. Hi, Rick. Well, I get a kick when you talk about the proverbial soccer bum, and all I can think of is the proverbial soccer bum who voted for Trudeau because he has such great teeth and hair. No substance, but great teeth and hair. Like, give me a break. Well, another Trudeau hater, fine. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, <laughs> this is a thing. Like, uh, Polyev will appeal to a lot of people who don't like Trudeau. Yeah, for sure. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that enough to make to, to for him to win. It might, to get, maybe it will. Will it move the needle? We'll see. Peter and Burnaby. Hi, Peter. Thanks for this. I love this segment. And, and actually, I've never been able to figure out if Keith has a passion for the left or disdain for the right. I, it's, it's wonderful, at least, that there's some balance when he makes an idiotic comment. The reason that <laughs> Trudeau is despised is because he's ineffective. He's incompetent. It's not because yeah. people don't like him. He's not doing a good job. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, anything west of Ontario is likely to look for an alternative. And you're right, Polia needs to find uh, that place, sweet spot. Can I make a quick comment about the Canucks? Yeah. He, uh, look, the guy has admitted, Jim, Jim Rutherford has admitted fault in the way he handled it. And, and the, the good thing about fans is they have short memories. If, if the team turns around, they're get, the fans are going to forget this stuff. At the end of the day, they've got the worst penalty kill in history. They've, they've lost more games than any other team has ever when they've had a lead and lost the lead. It, it was inevitable the man was going to be fired. It's not because he's not a nice guy. Clearly, the team wasn't doing what it needed to do. And in business, which is what the Canucks are, when there's an ineffectual leader like Trudeau, they've got <laughs> to find a replacement for it. There you go, guys. Have fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, while on the Canucks, um, Boudreaux had to deal the hand that was dealt to him by Jim Rutherford. And it was apparent from the beginning of the season they had a huge problem on defense. They just they had some pretty good forwards, but they did not have some dominant defense. And and. Gary says, if the team turns around, I don't see any prospect. I hope they tank the rest of the yeah. way, improve our chances to get Connor Bedard. I think that's the best thing to play for right now. And in terms of Trudeau, if, again, don't underestimate him. It's, it's, this is part of the problem with the Conservatives. They've, they've underestimated Trudeau. Remember the whole blackface thing? Everyone sure. thought, oh, he's dead. He's, he's, he's sunk. Well, he yeah. won. 
Yeah. You know, so be, be more wary of your opponent. Otherwise, you're going to underestimate him come Election Day. 